Welcome to Urban Homestead Radio, preserving a homegrown way of life and inspiring others to bring the revolution home. Thanks to the support of our sponsor, Lehman's. For over 60 years, they have provided practical, non-electrical tools, appliances, and home goods. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. Check out their website at lehmans.com. That's L-E-H-M-A-N-S dot com. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway, right down there on the urban homestead. Hi, homesteaders. I'm your host, Annie Stervais from the Urban Homestead in Pasadena. Um, it's finally starting to feel a little bit like fall. We have crisp mornings, blue skies, fluffy clouds, and of course, soup is uh, brewing here in the kitchen. As the garden transforms into from summer to fall, down come the towering tomatoes, climbing cucumbers, and more. And where's all this grain waste going? It's going into our compost pile. So for today, for our 100th episode, um, I, we find that it's appropriate to, that we talk about soil because without soil, we don't eat. So today I'm joined by the home, Homestead's Soil and Compost Steward, Sanjay Gupta. So Sanjay, thank, hey. you. Yay. thank you for joining me today. Um, tell us, tell our listeners a little about yourself and how you became involved helping here at the Homestead. Yeah, so what was it, two years ago that I came to an Open Silo event, shout out to Open Silo, for breakfast at the Homestead, and I never looked back, I became a volunteer, mm -hmm. and uh, was coming about every week, every two weeks, doing my thing, uh, while I had other jobs uh, at Enrich LA with the school garden program and mainly with the Fruit Institute, planting fruit trees around LA. And uh, time went by and I always noticed that the compost pile in the back of the house was quite out of hand. Out of hand, you're, 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 too, you're too kind. It uh, was like a, a overgrown monster or whatever? Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not describing, it was just like bulging at the seams. Well, just yeah, like it, almost had, it almost had its own tentacles and it also uh, <laughs> festered a lot of uh, live animals that Moosh, the, uh, the resident cat, would uh, take care of. So um, I knew that that was a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a problem or rather a, a something that I could take on and become a, a project of mine. So um, with the guidance of, um, of Chris Lynch at uh, the Fruit Institute, he taught me a thing or two. <laughs> and uh, about how to do composting and I think I've really done a pretty revolutionary job here. I think you have and I, I wanted to say that um, being raised up in a gardening and farming family, you know, I guess we could say we're second generation farmers, composting for us was always, um, you know, we always composted our green waste and kitchen scraps and mostly it was a hands-off approach. We just let it, we, we threw it back there and let it sit and rot and boom, a couple of months later we would have soil. But I have to say, since you've taken over the stewardship of the composting, I noticed that the breakdown is happening much faster. It's much cleaner. It is amazing to see the transformation. So um, can you tell us maybe from your experience why this is happening? Why did you, how did you, how did you tame the monster? How did I tame the monster? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> putting the right pieces in the right place in order for great things to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of like a, a pinnacle of uh, permaculture uh, philosophy is that when you put certain systems in place, then nature happens or great things happen and you don't and you let nature do the work. So uh, in this case, uh, 
to date, your composting had been done in a very kind of organic way, the way that a leaf, when it falls in the forest, would decompose slowly and slowly over time. But with a compost system, you can change that, that rate of decomposition to a matter of days versus a matter of months. It's all about creating heat um, and, and adding the special ingredients, just like baking in the oven, baking your favorite cake, it's the same process to get the best outcome. Yes, and I'd like to talk more about that because for me, I have to, like I said, say that when, you know, we just said compost happens, we would just let it rot, but what we were coming up against is the massive amount of green waste that we have on the property because simply we produce so much, it was bulging at the seams. And taking that stewardship or manager approach of, you know, uh, like I said, be, uh, what is it baking or mixing the compost as you would say as in the kitchen as you do and now in the garden the transformation is happening at a much faster rate and we're able to I guess um, um, contain and control all I mean, and and use more of the green waste here on the property and turn it into soil and that's all because of the managing I think the hands-on approach because like I said you know if people know us and they know our family we're just we're very oh it happens you know let nature take its course and yes that's true but um, in this case i think with a little bit of hands-on approach to our composting uh, situation it has uh, like been like night and day yeah. I, I think yeah so so you talked about the like the mass the, like the <laughs> mass of green waste because you know most homeowners who are listening to this, they don't have an operating small-scale farm in their backyard. They have maybe a raised bed or two, so they're not really collecting the amount of potential cosmos composting materials that as, as you are doing here. So there was a huge mass of green waste, and uh, that's all very nitrogen-rich stuff. When it dries out, the nitrogen kind of like uh, gases off, and then it's very carbon-rich. So that's something to keep in mind is when you're doing composting, you need nitrogen and compost, but I don't want to get into the science of it. But what I essentially did was I was able to manage the, ma the mass because so much of it was water weight. So how do you, how do you get water? Let's, let's use the metaphor of baking a cake. How do, you, how do you get the water out of it? You heat up the oven and you bake the cake. So I baked the compost. How did I do that? I basically turned it into a massive pile, which is many cubic feet large and when you get that amount of mass together with carbon and nitrogen and water mixed in the bacterial um, colonies burst like and flourish and then it's their respiration that creates heat that basically pulls the water out of the compost pile so I'm able actually to turn the the volume of that compost in half by not only chopping it down into smaller pieces with my machete, but <laughs> which you but can then, see on YouTube, yeah, by but the then, way, but so. then, but then, essentially steaming off, like just like a spinach, you mm -hmm. know, like when you cook spinach in the pan, it's all big, and then it just turns into this small bit because mm -hmm. all the water weight came out. It's the same thing. I'm baking off the water weight. Now you've got a condensed compost pile, and that, the next step of that is is creating um, an environment for healthy fungal colonies and healthy bacterial colonies to populate every corner of that compost pile and flourish. And that's the first step of creating healthy living soil. Mm -hmm. And we are, you are definitely creating a lot of living soil, I have to say. 
Um, yeah, so we had those tower, like I said, the towering tomatoes are coming down and those were what, 10 feet of tomatoes in a four by eight bed. So the mass of those tomato, uh, towering tomato vines came to you. Yeah. And, and I know, I remember you looking at it and going, oh my gosh, look at all. I know. But then in two weeks time, it broke down. Yeah. It was stunning. I was like shocked i was like where did they go and you're like they were did you i thought you hit them somewhere i know i'm I'm, I'm starting to i'm starting to surprise myself but but uh you uh you need that you need that much because it does break down so much so much of our our green waste is water and it all dissipates and you're left with the cellulose um which is the once that starts breaking down really turns into compost yeah so i'm glad like you said you mentioned that because with we're an urban farm and, and to look at it that way the composting had to change and and like ramp up we're ramp up and to meet the 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 composting that was happening on a daily rate here with between the farm box program and the chickens and the ducks and and i said all the green waste that when we turn over and and, and take down certain things in the garden uh, our the composting had to i guess match that that rate that we were do, doing, yeah, we were, and, had a and growing not, rate. Not everything, was... not everything composts yeah. easily. Uh, so there is a role for the green bin to mm-hmm. be hauled to the city because they have gigantic mulching machines that can tear those fibrous main branches of a of a tomato plant down mm-hmm. in the way that a compost pile uh, would take a very long time to do. But mm-hmm. if you take an old tomato plant. All the all the leaves will compost, but the stem may not. So then, the the last part of the compost process and to get the product is to sift sift that out. And you are sifting. And I, how do you sift it? I have a I have an old like a like kind of like a laundry basket. Um, there's the, the the standard way people have done it is like with you get like two by fours and you get like chicken wire, mm-hmm. but and then you kind of that's shake those it. stuff. Those things always break down, uh, and then the, you got nails sticking out. Mm-hmm. Um, Find an old an old uh, trash can, like a large industrial sized trash can, and and find a, a laundry basket that'll fit on the top, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just it's it's a really nice sifting system that I've I've created, and it sifts it to the right um, uh, consistency of of pieces of soil, so that Justin can put it into the raised beds um, on the farm, and it all blends in nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's looking good, and I always I I'm. Curious, you know, we used to weigh poundage of food that we would harvest from our homestead, but I'm curious now with the soil amount that's been, you know, that you're growing here, is how much cubic yards of soil you're actually growing here on the homestead would be pretty cool project to maybe weigh that one day, but I, I know that's yeah, a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. But. And that, and that kind of also reminds me of just like where composting is going is really talking about like carbon mm-hmm. and like pulling carbon out of the atmosphere and how much carbon have we sequestered mm-hmm. out of the atmosphere by um, by composting it in the backyard um, because the fact of the matter is that there's all these gizmos and gadgets about how to pull carbon out of the atmosphere to address climate change um, uh, and, but but really soil building and composting is the number one most effective way to pull carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because the buzzword now is the you know regenerative farming, regenerative agriculture, soil. So soil health is, like I said, number one. Growing soil is just as important as growing plants because good soil means healthier plants, healthy environment, and then the carbon uh, sequestering issue. Right, and so like 
the listeners might be thinking, how do you, how does composting pull carbon out of the atmosphere? Well, yeah, how does it know? <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's really simple. You, uh, any plant that grows uh, takes in carbon dioxide, breathes in carbon dioxide to build its body, right? It pulls in this, its CO2. So it pulls in the CO2, it takes the C and builds cellulose bodies out of it and grows. And then the O2 is the off gas that it breathes out, which is the oxygen that we breathe in. And that's the symbiotic relationship that we have with these plants. So you basically build, you just grow plants and it turns into cellulose. And then you take that green waste after you're done eating the, the fruits of these plants and you start composting it. And now you've essentially pulled the carbon out of the atmosphere through the machine of the plant. And then you take that and then you bury it in the soil. And so you're reversing the uh, process of essentially pulling carbon out of the soil through the way of fossil fuels, and then it's been put in the air. Yeah, it's so amazing just, how nature just you're, take care, yeah, ter- takes care you're of You're reversing it. that process. Mm-hmm. So just by being a good steward and, and working with nature, we're yeah. able to, you know, uh, make the world a better place. Um, speaking of compo- composting in place, there is a method that we use here at the homestead. It's basically composting in place. It's chop right. and drop in our raised beds. Maybe, and I do have a YouTube video about that showing what we do, and I think it was posted on Instagram. Um, and you were sort of fascinated by that. Maybe you can tell our listeners why and and how we, how because now you're teaching the other interns how to uh, compost in place with the raised bed. So tell us a little more about that. Well, it's like, uh the form of composting that we generally think of and the one I've been describing is kind of like a hot compost um, but but again like if you have a permaculture design mindset you're really trying to minimize uh, expending unnecessary energy at all costs and so uh, you know the average person if they don't have a compost pile they're taking the leftover tomato plants I'm assuming and they're sending it to the green bin and then there's fossil fuels being burnt to get the truck to come to pick up the that waste and then you gotta take it to the processing place and then that turns into city compost or whatever you can pick up again you try to take your car there there's all these points of uh carbon burning essentially um and on a mi- on a micro scale uh it also it takes energy to take the waste tomato plants from the raised bed and walk them to the car to the compost, compost pile oh. uh, 20 feet away how do you even like not even bother doing that you just bury the the plant in on the underside of the raised bed and it breaks down over time and it's actually uh, feeding the soil adding organic matter to the soil once the the plant and the roots and the stalks don't have access to light they're gonna start rotting and breaking down mm-hmm. and in the end, you're kind of simulating uh, a Hugel mm-hmm. uh, um, setup. Uh, look it up if you don't know what Hugel culture. Um, but the the organic waste is really good at, at holding moisture as well, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and feeding the plants, yeah. the, the newly planted plants on top of it. Yeah. So, like I said, people are fascinated because, like I said, we we grew up doing that because um, our dad did that. Yeah. Composting place, or ate, and now people call it chop and drop or yeah. chop and well, we chop and drop, and then we turnover so yeah we might have to come up a little jingle for that but yeah. uh and and to see that it's like 
we cut what Justin describes is okay, we, we harvest the, the greens or whatever, mostly it's greens, but we harvest the greens, we put it in the salad mix or to the farm box program. Uh, the layer under that is a little bit more woody. We, we, we chop that down, give it to the chickens and ducks, and then whatsoever is left over, we just turn back into the soil, um, composting, like I said, in place, and then immediately after that goes into the those soil blocks, which are blocks of, um, we call them soil blocks, but they're, uh, we have a little blocking system that we put the seeds in, yeah. and then right goes and boom, within what? 10 minutes turning yeah. over soil, you got a new soil bed going in and the next crop growing in, so. Yeah, and here's the thing. I'm talking to all everybody listening right now. You, If you have a garden raised bed, you've probably spent a few hundred dollars on it. And every head of lettuce is like seven to $10. And I get it, it's it's a struggle. Uh, it's, it's, it's not always a priority. And thinking about buying more soil to top off your raised bed it's it, it's not cheap, you know. Like average not, bag of soil was it is like, cheap? No. <laughs> yeah, seven to ten dollars, and and it could be getting more expensive. Or I'm not sure how this industry this industry is uh, growing. Gladly, I'm I'm really glad about that. But but I've, I uh, I also work at a nursery uh, figure supply in Cypress Park, and uh, customers always come in all the time and say like, Hey, do you have uh, do you have any soil? I need to top off my raised bed. And I always wonder, like, why do you have to, like, top it off? Like, what's wrong with it? Oh, the the, the dirt has gone bad, they say. It's gone bad. and uh, Or it sunk. It sunk it or it got, it's gone bad or whatever. And I, I don't... It's it, it's hard for me to understand what that means because soil doesn't go bad. It, soil is really um, a structure that you can improve just by um, creating the conditions for bacterial and fungal colonies to flourish. Yeah, and shout out to Lee That's, Adams on that one. Yeah. We can talk, we're gonna talk more about fungal colonies, but. Yeah. Exactly, so so the, the what people really want is compost to inoculate their raised mm-hmm. bed with new colonies yes. of, or refresh those colonies so that they can create stringy goodness and or, and, and and also compost bring more organic matter to your soil. Mm-hmm. The uh, a derelict raised bed with soil in it that's that looks terrible is is not is not a waste. It's just been kind of neglected and it can be it can be revitalized. Re- revitalized. Yeah. It's kind of like like composting really is if is kind of like baking and making kombucha <laughs> slash making yogurt at the same time. Inoculating, it is, mixing, right? brewing. You can make a gallon of yogurt. My dad used to do this. You can make a gallon of yogurt with one teaspoon of yogurt mixed in warm milk, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's how it's done. And one teaspoon has enough colonies of bacteria to colonize the entire gallon of warm milk and ferment it and turn it into yogurt. So you're, yeah. you're just doing it with soil. So you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So if you mix compost in with dirt AKA from the soil. from the bag, <laughs> you're going to you're, yeah you're going to inoculate that whole area and build really nice soil. Yeah. Speaking of inoculation, and like I said, uh, shout out to Lee Adams because she is like yeah I don't know uh, she works at the Arboretum. If you haven't met Lee Adams here locally, you need to. She is just a wealth of information and just the the amount of knowledge that that lady has and how she shares it and the joy that gives her to just talk about like microbes and mycelium and speaking of mycelium if you don't know what mycelium is but what did we what did you unearth the other day under that massive towering tomatoes that we just let sit until you picked it up to put in the compost pile what was that 
Oh, that was. Um, it was like snow. we called it. We called it uh, soil snow. snow. It was snow. So, so uh, if you see mold in on your uh, downed logs or or like woody mold. woody barky stuff, yeah. if you see white stringy stuff, that's really healthy uh, fungus for your garden. So definitely don't get rid of that stuff. If you see mold inside the house, that's a different thing. Or on on a loaf of bread, that's different. But when it's in the garden, generally it's a pretty good thing. Mm-hmm. The only time that you think that you might be having a problem is if you smell something anaerobic. Mm-hmm. And that would be kind of like, it would be stinky, fishy, um, sulfury. Mm-hmm. Then you, you're having a problem because you're not having air and water flow. But, um, but white mold, leave it there. Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you that much, Go out to the forest one time and turn over a dead log, and you'll oh. probably see plenty more of that stuff in down in the forest. Yeah. And if it's happening in the forest, it's probably a good idea. Yeah, and you want that. <laughs> you, you definitely want that. Um, and Lee talks about how you can, you know, trap that is with uh, the the like if without if you don't have um, if you want that extra boost besides the you know green waste and, yeah. and the logs cardboard. She says is like crack cocaine to to the mycelium. Or she says it's a, the cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, there we go. Yeah, cinnamon toast crunch for for these for these uh, fungal colonies because it's all broken down. And the glue is like mm-hmm. lovely sugar for them. <laughs> so they just eat it, and that's what you like to see when you yeah. lift up that cardboard or you lift up that yeah. log. You see that white, like it looks like snow, and that's that's a happy sight for for us. Um, yeah, yeah. When the when 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 civilization ends, I don't know when that is, but when it could ends, be soon, no. and we have all these houses that we've built and all the uh, fiberglass um, uh, stuff all over the place and plastic everywhere, life is going to live on, and I think fungus is going to come out from under the ground and from all over and 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 eat all that stuff away because yeah. they can eat the uh, bodies of plastic and mm-hmm. cigarette butts and all those things. Mm-hmm. And it, there's gonna be a fungal takeover of the world and then it'll all go away and then some new dominant species will come. <laughs> so, the, to the, to, I could tell what they call the mad mushrooms, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sort of mad max, mad, mad mushrooms. Did you know that there used to be like, fu- like mushrooms the size of like sequoia trees? Seriously? Yeah, wow, like crazy. like one mushroom was like a, like a massive one. Wow, yeah, way 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 back, millions and millions. No. Of years it's ago. just fascinating, just you know, nature and and farming and gardening and and especially in this time. I mean, what what better thing can you do than to go out and grow something and take care of your soil and just feel good at the end of the day that not only you're putting nourishing food in your body but you're nourishing your your soul your community and all the the plants and animals around you so um like i said i can't think of anything better to do at these this during these pandemic times um and, and challenging times and more and more people are doing that and so it's great to see that yeah um and you know like i said you're, you're doing amazing things from where you know you started and now you're just in you're getting your hands dirty you're you're you know just growing cool stuff yeah i think it's all it's all inside of us this knowledge uh we're we're so directly um related to the soil that i think that somewhere in our dna it's it's programmed to have a relationship with it and to understand it and just unfortunately we're so detached from it as we when we grow up in the suburbs and in the cities we don't we we we're not connected to that we don't know the language mm-hmm. yeah I even mean, though the knowledge is there yeah. and and for me i i was able to untap it and i the 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 kind of like the 
the gut instinct came really fast. Yeah. And and I understand that a lot of people are scared of composting or they feel like they have a brown thumb, but but your green thumb is on your hand. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be activated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like there's a lot more other things that are a lot more complicated in rocket science than mm-hmm. than 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 running garden or making your own small little farm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I can't Yeah. And here, there goes the parrots. If you can hear them in the background, yeah. so um, yes, it is. It's, um, it's creating a beautiful world where we are. Um, what tips? Um, we're coming to the end of our podcast. What tips would you have? You know, give to people who are wanting to start their own um, composting and stuff like that. Uh, I think the first thing is uh, if you're active in your garden in some way, the first thing I would do is I challenge you to. Uh, keep all your green waste on site for like a week or two and build a pile because that'll tell you like what is the general mass that you're working with and then from there you can determine what type of compost you want to create so uh, do that and get like a a pruner or for me it's a machete and and try and break that stuff down you'll re- you'll help the process of releasing the the water content in the greens and also you will uh, increase the surface area of the uh, content itself so that more bacteria can can colonize it um, there's no wrong there's also no wrong way to do composting there's a youtube video called no rules composting there's literally you can I don't know what other food you have you ever tried to make cookies with like no recipe and you just put stuff together and they actually come out really good yeah that's what I do uh, with or, my soup yeah or your soup off. yeah soup right it's like there's no wrong way to do it uh-huh. it's just like there's recommendations about how you can maximize your efficiency and and speed up the process uh-huh. but nature is it's 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 a process of nature and you yeah. can't stop that from happening yeah. so so as long as there's a pile of mass and you cover it with some soil or you inoculate it with some some healthy soil or compost that you have nearby um, it's that process is going to start and and watch it observe it treat it like a pet water it once in a while treat it like an organism Mm -hmm. and um, and don't be scared of it Uh, they're not as they're not like critter magnets like they're kind of made out to be unless you have a really big problem mm-hmm. but but um stay away from those uh black S- la city free compost bins those are a uh, the result of a really bad contract that the L- city of la signed with a company in china that they're they've been stuck f- stuck in for about 20 years mm-hmm. um so stay away from those um try to use like wood pallets two by fours um build something um you can stack them without without any yeah, nails. Yeah, old pallets. What about old pallets? Pallets, pallets work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, look up LA Compost. They have a good co- compost system. There's there's, there's a, so many resources online. I can't mm-hmm. tell you. Yeah. Uh, just just look it up. And wood. I think wood is is friendly. It's um, It doesn't leach. It doesn't... Uh, it doesn't break into microplastic like plastic uh, composting systems do. You don't need a tumbler. Really, you just need a pile that you've watered and possibly put a like just like a tarp or a cover on and let let the magic happen itself that's perfect to say that and and i hope more people do that um in their backyards as we as uh, and i wanted to tell do you do it yes go, try go, it what compost happens just do it 
Just <laughs> and if you're a farm box com- customer, bring bring a sample and and we'll we'll look at it. We need to get a microscope. Yeah, we should. You know what? We could have like a you could we could have Dr. Doctor, Gupta, yeah, <laughs> do a soil compost so analysis. So, Doctor Sanjay Gupta, yeah. okay, there's, he, people, there's a lot of people now. out there who know a lot yeah. more than I do, but yeah, yeah. but we should, yeah, we should just like play with that stuff. This is the new. This He's is now in session. Yeah, book your book. Look at your soil. The kids will <laughs> love would, it. The kids will love it. I love it. I love the idea. The chickens love it. The chickens love it. Yeah, what's not to love? So. Like I said, I want to say thank you so much for, you know, the work you do here at the homestead, Um, you know, not only as, you know, working here and tending the compost, but as a friend and part of this community and doing your part to grow a better future because you're doing, like I said, you're, you're doing your part to grow the future and, and we need more people to to do that and so I, well, I want to say thank you for that and thank you thank you for the flat platform <laughs> and inviting me in to your small family operation <laughs> and being a part of this community because you know most people like me can only afford a, a, a small apartment or something somewhere and live in a concrete jungle and to be able to come into the space and and contribute to this operating community of living plants and organisms and people is a true blessing so thank you yeah well Thank you. So speaking of blessings, uh, I do, I am, there's a lot to be grateful for, um, especially as we come into this time and season of fall and blessings and bounty. And so I hope that everyone is blessed, uh, has a blessed uh, fall and and, and a um, grateful season because with all the friends and family around, we're just going to need each other. And so um, here's toward growing a better future and and um, we'll we'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, keep on growing. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to We love to hear your feedback or questions. Visit us at urbanhomestead.org to check out what's happening on the homestead. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next time, keep on growing.